You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of April 12, 2020. The podcast that spat on the mat and called the cat a bastard. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's refrigerate the news of the bogus. It was inevitable that there would be horrible people out there exploiting the global panic around COVID-19 for their own nefarious purposes. But enough about politicians. There are also a lot of threat actors using the panic to infect computers and mobile devices with malware or scam you out of your money. It's a time to be more diligent because the attack surface is changing, and that means the existing tools we have to prevent things like that don't always work. So the Hacker News laid out seven such threats that we'd all do better to pay attention to. The first is on mobile devices, where Checkpoint Research found at least 16 apps that claim to be offering information about the outbreak, but really put adware and banking trojans on the device, or even stole personal information. Email phishing is the second, and you always have to be on the lookout for this. Emails appearing to be from UNICEF, the WHO, and other agencies have contained phishing links and attachments infecting the computers of unsuspecting victims. People need to remember never to click links or open attachments from emails you didn't expect to receive. But you have to be careful. These emails are designed to put you in a state of panic and make you forget that. So make this behavior a default habit until it becomes second nature. The third affects people indirectly and there's not much the average user can do, but dark web markets and underground forums are offering COVID-related discounts on DDoS, spamming, and other malware services. This means we're going to be seeing a lot more of these. Number four is phishing through SMS. You receive a text message appearing to be from the government or some health authority about an important alert about COVID or a way to get more government benefits or even claiming to have sent you a payment. As with the emails, do not tap these links. If you think there may be anything to it, then go directly to the government website yourself, not the link in the text, which might be shortened or otherwise disguised. And they're not just doing it through SMS, but through WhatsApp and other services as well. The fifth is about scams around face masks and hand sanitizers. Many criminal enterprises are apparently using these for money laundering purposes, posing as legitimate companies offering these hard-to-find masks, which never end up delivering them. One pharmaceutical company in Europe was actually defrauded out of 6.6 million euros this way. Number six is malware being sent through online communications platforms. Zoom is one example of a service that has seen exponential growth they were completely unprepared for. As a result, they don't have all the systems in place they need to stop someone from sending you malicious files. Also, related to number two, people are sending out phishing emails appearing to be from important individuals who want you to run Zoom, but the attachment or the link isn't to the real Zoom software, but to their malware. And the seventh, as many of you are probably waiting for, is ransomware attacks. Hospital systems have always been a favorite target for ransomware hackers. They're only a bigger target now as they become busier and more important. 
The usual methods of protecting yourself largely still work, though. Never open links or attachments from people you don't know or messages you weren't expecting. Don't make a conference call public and wide open. At least set a password and be careful whom you let share their screen or a file. Double-check all your private settings on your social media accounts. And keep your operating system and its apps up to date, especially the web browser. And speaking of the browser, I should mention one item I made a video on. Firefox has put off dropping support for the older and less secure TLS versions prior to 1.2, and other browsers have quickly followed suit. The reason why is that a lot of stupid, incompetent governments haven't upgraded the security protocols on their websites, and people needed to access vital COVID-19 information on them. So we'll have to put up with being less secure until they get their act together, or until this is all over. You need to stay safe out there, folks. Not only from COVID, but from the usual stuff as well. You can't drop your guard. If you're tired of these promos, regular supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv and sign up for Patreon or Subscribestar at any level. Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. And now for an update to the Julian Assange story. On my YouTube channel, which, remember, is reposted to BitTube, BitChute, and Library, I mentioned how the judge in his case denied him bail, saying that he wasn't a threat from coronavirus when his health puts him in a high-risk group. Now, the Minister for Justice is weighed in, denying Assange bail for the most ridiculous of reasons. The ministry has been releasing low-risk inmates to try and stop the spread of COVID-19 through British prisons. As of this story, which was about a week ago, 88 prisoners and 15 staff members have tested positive. Justice Secretary Robert Buckland said, quote, This government is committed to ensuring that justice is served to those who break the law, but this is an unprecedented situation because if coronavirus takes hold in our prisons, the NHS could be overwhelmed and more lives put at risk. They're releasing about 4,000 nonviolent inmates from their prisons, although they will be tracking them electronically and requiring them to stay at home, basically putting them on parole or house arrest. Assange is nonviolent. Remember, he's accused of chatting with someone online and posting to a website. So surely, given his nonviolent status, not to mention his health, he warrants such a release, right? No. And why not? According to the Ministry of Justice, he won't be released because he's not serving a custodial sentence. Yes, that's right, he won't be released because he hasn't been convicted of anything. How does this make any sense? Joseph Farrell of WikiLeaks tweeted, 
Assange is locked up in what is becoming a vortex of infection with no self-defense. We don't have the luxury to allow this to happen. Don't let him be a sitting duck for a virus that knows no bounds. And his mother Christine tweeted, The people are not fooled by the Orwellian political spin from the UK Ministry of Justice. I know, the very name calls up 1984, doesn't it? But it was Caitlin Johnstone who said it best, quote, To minimize infection, the UK is granting early release to all non-violent, non-Julian Assange prisoners. And the judge has also said that his hearing will go on schedule next month, coronavirus or not, even though it will be difficult for many of the defense witnesses to travel to the courtroom, especially since some of them are in other countries. It really is getting harder and harder to avoid coming to the conclusion that they're really doing all this because they want Assange dead. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Okay, I'll grant you this is a weird time. Not only are we putting up with a very unusual situation due to the global pandemic, independent of that we have the immature but increasingly widespread IoT industry. I knew it was going to be weird, but in my wildest dreams or craziest nightmares, I would never have expected this. We have IoT devices that track your vital signs, sleep patterns, number of steps you take, all sorts of things. Now, according to a new study from Stanford University, there's a smart toilet that can actually diagnose illnesses. We've seen IoT toilets with lighting choices, music, heated seats, and so on, but this has to be the first one that can do a medical diagnosis. It can do a urinalysis and even check the condition of your stool, and this can reveal multiple disorders from bladder cancer to kidney failure. So this is actually a good thing. If it can help people, especially those at risk, identify health problems early, it means they can get the intervention they need to live a longer, healthier life. But now we're coming up to the weird part. Since multiple people use the same toilet, and since individuals use multiple toilets, it needs to be able to distinguish between different house members as well as guests. This toilet uniquely identifies you with, I kid you not, your anal print. Yes, apparently the specific shape of your anoderm is as unique as a fingerprint. In fact, according to the researchers, it's more foolproof than a fingerprint. Now, these researchers assure us that their toilet will have all sorts of privacy protections even as your information is stored in a secure cloud-based system. In other words, someone else's computer. It's all supposed to be secure to be in compliance with HIPAA standards. 
but we've seen way too many cases where the security of cloud services isn't all it's cracked up to be. And even if they do it right with their toilets, it won't be long before competitors come onto the market, often from other countries where HIPAA doesn't apply. And what will they be doing? Will your guests have to agree to a TOS before using a toilet? Are we looking at a future where advertisers send you targeted ads based on your bathroom habits, identified this way like an astronaut looking at Uranus? Yeah, it's really asinine. Kinda makes you wish they would butt out, right? And stop being so cheeky? Okay, I'll stop with the puns. Down with the whole thing! Sorry, I had one more. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to break the supply chain of this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week it goes to Facebook for moderation fail that might actually be dangerous or even life-threatening. A while back on my channel, I put up a quickie covering Masnick's impossibility theorem, the point made by TechDirt's Mike Masnick that content moderation is impossible to do well at scale. This is another example. Facebook stupidly wants to stop people from price gouging masks and other surgical supplies because apparently they haven't seen my quickie on price gouging. Not to toot my own horn, but how much better would our lives be if everyone watched all of those? Apparently it hasn't even occurred to them that people selling masks at a high price would encourage other people to sell masks, invoking a price war that'll get the price down while increasing the supply, something that desperately needs to happen. But that's not the fail. The real fail came from the unintended fallout. People who were making tutorials on how to make your own face masks were also being taken down, landing them in Facebook jail and Facebook even threatening to delete the groups. According to the New York Times, quote, At the top of its list were ads for masks, hand sanitizers, and others looking to profit from the fail of safety equipment. <gasps> the fiends! Facebook banned advertising for such equipment last month and has taken down nearly all posts related to the sale of masks across its Craigslist-like section called Marketplace. But as the company ramped up efforts to crack down on scammers and other miscreants, volunteer coordinators may have been caught in the crossfire. 
The automated systems we set up to prevent the scale of medical masks needed by health workers have inadvertently blocked some efforts to make donate supplies, Facebook said in a statement. We apologize for this error and are working to update our systems to avoid mistakes like this going forward. We don't want to put obstacles in the way of people doing a good thing. Of course, they were already doing that by stopping these miscreants from selling masks, but whatever. Masnick writes, This is not an attack on Facebook. Speak for yourself, dude. But once again, it's important to recognize just how impossible it is to do these things well, especially at scale, and especially in the midst of a pandemic where things are changing daily. With the U.S. only changing its recommendations on face masks last week, demand for any kind of face mask, including homemade ones, has skyrocketed. Which increases the price! Basic economics, people! And if you're trying to build systems that are trained to look out for posts advertising things having to do with face masks, which was important in the first few weeks of the pandemic, no it wasn't, they're inevitably going to lead to false positives flagging those who are actually trying to help. Again, these moderation systems are major fail. But this one doubly so since it shouldn't even have been a policy to begin with. Let people sell face masks! If they were scammers like the ones we covered in the first segment, then fine, get rid of them. But not because they're price gouging, which just means that you, in your subjective opinion, think the price is too high. And of course, as I've pointed out repeatedly, it's the nature of the authoritarian to consider his subjective opinion to be the one true objective fact. And that's all that authoritarianism ever leads to. So all of that makes Facebook this week's biggest bogan emitter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now a rare treat. It took four months, but we finally have our first Silver Cluon winner for 2020. I never in my wildest dreams thought that this would ever go to Microsoft, and it's certainly unusual for a company that's gotten biggest bogan emitter twice, but 2020 is kind of an unpredictable year so far. So there's this domain name that's been a problem, corp.com. This domain name, which had been owned by one Mike O'Connor since 1994, can potentially get an interminable amount of passwords, emails, and other private data from hundreds of thousands of company networks all over the world. The reason why is that, years after O'Connor got the domain name, Microsoft made a system called Active Directory, which uses DNS names to find computers on the network. In early versions, the top-level domain was given as Corp, and this was seen as secure since there wasn't an actual TLD on the internet with that name. 
Sensible IT departments change the defaults, but let's face it, most of them just aren't sensible. So, a lot of them are using Corp. So what? Well, browsers started doing this thing where, if they couldn't find the name, they'd automatically stick .com on the end and try that. So all of these people started inadvertently connecting to corp.com. One analysis over an eight-month period in 2019 found 375,000 Windows machines trying to connect to corp.com so they can log in with the user's password, check emails, or whatever else the user was wanting to do on the local network. This will still happen regardless of what patches or whatever are made, as long as there are Active Directory systems named Corp. Now, O'Connor is a good guy. He's made sure he hasn't been accepting any private information on that domain. But he's 70 years old now and needs to get his estate in order, so he's getting rid of a lot of these domain names, including corp.com. If that had been bought by a malicious actor, it's insane the amount of private data that could be compromised. Well, Microsoft just found the solution that should be the case for anyone else in their situation. They didn't go whining to the government. They didn't try to sue O'Connor. They didn't do any of the other morally questionable things many companies, including Microsoft, are known for. Their solution is much more simple. They bought Corp.com. The terms of the sale are private, but since the domain auction for Corp.com was $1.7 million, it's possible they just bought it for that price. Then again, since O'Connor was really concerned about this and was hoping Microsoft would buy it, maybe he settled on a much lower amount. But either way, that's a major crisis averted. Money well spent, and a path other companies should choose to take when faced with similar predicaments. So enjoy your shiny new silver clue on, Microsoft. Just make sure it's properly firewalled. Do you have children, or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling, or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins, and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary-aged children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 apiece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's whack with a maypole this week's Idiot And this week it goes to Venezuela, who's already taken it twice, as well as two biggest Bogani emitters and 2016's Idiot of the Year. But now they've outdone themselves. Check this out. A Portuguese cruise ship, the RCGS Resolute, was in the Caribbean in international waters when the Venezuelan ship Naguata decided she'd make a nice target and started firing shots at her. And then they started ramming her. Now, the Resolute was made to go on cruises in the Arctic and Antarctic, which means the hull was majorly reinforced. As anyone who's seen Titanic knows, floating ice can be a problem. So the Naguata only made superficial damage to the Resolute, but the Naguata herself sank. 
Venezuela then accused the Resolute of aggression and piracy, which is basically the same thing as saying, Hey, that guy hit my fist with his face! They also said that they did not rule out the possibility the Resolute, quote, was transporting mercenaries to attack military bases in Venezuela. Yo, Dumbos, that's not how it works. You have to have evidence they were doing something wrong. I mean, no one ruled out the possibility that the crew of the Naguata was wearing tutus and singing I'm a little teapot. See how this works? The Resolute stuck around for an hour while they contacted rescue coordinators in Curacao. All of the crew were rescued. But for some stupid reason, the Venezuelan military said, quote, via Google Translate, The action of the ship Resolute is considered cowardly and criminal since it did not attend to the rescue of the crew. Wait, you're saying that they personally should have rescued and taken on board crew members who were just before trying to kill them? Has everyone in the Venezuelan government gone completely insane? Is this entire country ruled by paranoiacs? Tex Avery would never have put this into one of his cartoons because it's just too unbelievable. And no, it wasn't posted on April 1st. I checked. So really, all that's left is to name Venezuela this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this I Am Handicapped, I'm Psychotic edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please keep this podcast going by subscribing and supporting in one of several different ways you can find at donate.bogosity.tv, including PayPal, cryptocurrency, or subscribing at Patreon or Subscribestar to listen early and ad-free. Also, please come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from H.L. Mencken. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out for himself without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. Almost inevitably, he comes to the conclusion that the government he lives under is dishonest, insane, and intolerable. And so, if he is romantic, he tries to change it. And even if he is not romantic personally, he is very apt to spread discontent among those who are. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial and Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now.